of Christmas. Amen? The joy of Christmas. Now, I'm going to teach you something tonight as we continue kind of off of Sunday when I was talking about hope. How many got something Sunday when we were talking about having hope? Amen? How important it is to have hope. And that without hope, that hope deferred makes, makes us sick, right? And, and so healthy life is being hopeful and having expectation that God can turn it around. And, and as, Je- as Jesse asked for prayer for mom, that we were talking, I was talking about that today with my mother-in-law, about how in any situation we have that hope that in any moment God can turn it around. Amen? Tonight, remember, whatever situation you're in, whatever you're facing, whatever your family's going through, whatever uh, physical, mental, spiritual, financial, marital, world problem you're facing, the miracle is right around the corner. Amen? How many have hope that the miracle is right around the corner? Amen? Right around the corner. And that's the expectation that we have. So joy is something that goes another level past even hope because now joy is living in hope. Okay, so when you are a joyful person, now you, you are living in hope. So I want, I want to say this right off the bat, and then I'm going to come back to it a couple times. You might not know this, but tonight you will if you don't. And if you do, you'll, it'll, be re- it'll be confirmed. Happiness and joy are different. Okay? And, and a lot of times we ask someone, are you happy? And, and they say, oh, well, I'm happy. Or, or they'll, they'll mention that this makes me happy. This makes me happy. Here, here's the nugget for you tonight, especially those new believers. Because there's a humongous difference between joy and happiness. Happiness is an emotion. Happiness is something that happens to you. Uh, it's something that you're given or something you see or something that uh, comes to pass or it's a moment or a situation and it's something that makes you happy, but that happiness can go away depending on that situation. Joy is something that does not come from an emotion. Joy comes from the Lord. Joy is something that comes from within. Joy is something that comes from knowing who God is. And so if you, if you think about just that right there, we could go home on that right there. That if I'm happy, my happiness is based upon how much money I have in the bank account, how my body feels, how my marriage is going, how my country looks, and, and on and on and on. But joy is something that is a state of mind due to a Savior who does not change, and a God who's on the throne, and a Jesus who is Lord and Master over everything. Amen? How many can see the difference between joy and happiness? So choose joy tonight. Joy is better. Joy is more important. Uh, we have it up here. If you, if you forget what we're talking about, it's right here. Amen. All service. We have joy on the praise team. Praise God. We've got joy on the platform. We've got joy everywhere. The song was awesome. Joy, unspeakable joy. And so we have, if you're a believer for very long, you have gotten to a place where you understand that joy is a state of mind and an attitude, not an emotion. Can I move on? Do you get the difference? And so you can have a, a, a bad day or you can have bad situations happen. Your day can get off on the wrong path and you can laugh about it. You can live that kind of life where you just understand it, this isn't a big deal. So today I had one of those days. I've had way worse days, of course, but I, I was getting into the car to come to, to, to town today with my wife and my, daughter and my mother-in-law, and as soon as I got in the car, my pants tore. And it wasn't because 
because I don't fit, they just weren't pulled up enough, and my legs split, split right down the line. Right as I was getting in the car. And how do we know whenever we get in the car to go somewhere, we got someplace to be? We don't have time to just, oh, let me just go back in. So I just went in, changed pants. Thank God I had two pairs of gray pants, and the other one was already ready. So I was joyful that I had two pairs of pants. And then we got to town, I got to studying and going over the message for tonight, and then we needed some toilet paper and some paper towels and some things here at the church. And so my wife was at an appointment with, with my mother-in-law, so I took the church van and drove down to Sam's and got the stuff and, and then got back in the vehicle and went over to another store to grab something before I came back to church to finish up the message, to print it out and everything. And so I got out and got back to the st from the store and went to open the door, and I started feeling in my pocket. Anybody know that feeling? Where's the keys at? Uh-oh. And I was on the phone with Kristen, I think, and I said, uh-oh, I don't know where the keys are. And sure enough, looked inside, and they were safe right there in the ignition. <laughs> and when you're used to driving your car, your car, you know, how, if you're, if you're, you know what your car is, right? And so I don't drive the van all the time. It doesn't have the, the uh, unlock thing on it, and so I just left it in. I got there. I think someone called me or something, so I just turned the van off, got out hit the lock button because all the stuff from Sam's was in there, and there it was. But you come back, and, and then you're just joy, joyful. Because I, my happiness doesn't have to do with my keys being locked in the car or my pants tearing or how much money I got in the bank account or how my body feels. My joy comes from the Lord because I know that he's bigger, better, stronger than anything I can be going through. How many have ever had a bad day? But we can decide that I'm going to be joyful regardless of what I'm going through. You get to a place where you can be sitting in traffic, and you just sit there and you go, you know what? God's keeping me from something. It's just an understanding and an attitude that God is in control. The lady that's at Sam's that was checking me out, she said, how are you doing? I said, I'm doing great. How are you doing? And she was like, oh, I'm tired. I said, but isn't it, but isn't it good that neither one of us are in the hospital? She goes, oh, yeah, yeah. And all of a sudden she got this joy, right? So we can have this attitude in our lives that comes from God. Amen? So Proverbs 17, 22 says this. Very similar to Proverbs 13 that we read Sunday about hope. A merry heart does good. We go home on that right there. A merry heart does good. Being happy, being joyful, and, and, and after this, hopefully we'll choose more to say joyful than happy. Because we don't want to be happy, we want to be joyful. Because happy is an emotion based on something. Like, watch this, isn't this interesting? A merry heart does good like medicine. That's New King James Version. That's not the New Living Translation. That's not just something to make us, that, the Bible, that's clear straight from the translation that a, a good, joyful heart is like taking medicine. It's good for you. But a broken spirit dries the bones. And so, just like Sunday, if I have hope, I'm, I'm, I'm healthy. If I'm hopeless, I'm sick. If I'm not joyful, my, my heart is in danger. But when I'm happy and joyful, and I have that joy of spirit of joy, it's like medicine. And there's actually, believe it or not, church, stats that will back that up that I'll give you in just a second. Nehemiah 8.10. I don't have this in the verses, so don't get freaked out that back there. But this is a, 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 a powerful verse. It says, don't be sorrowful. Look at the person next to you and say, don't be sorrowful. What's the opposite of sorrow? Joy. He says, Nehemiah says, don't be sorrowful for the joy. Here it is. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. 
The joy of the Lord is, how many want to be strong? I'm not just talking about physically, but strong. You want to be strong mentally and health in every area. The Bible says the way to be healthy and strong is to be joyful. But being here, watch again. This is where it kind of begins to make a little more sense. Being joyful is choosing to be happy. Okay? Happiness is based on what's happening. Are you seeing that? I'm not trying to hit that too much, but I'll make sure you get that before we move on. Joy is an attitude. Joy is saying, I, be, I base my thoughts, my attitude, my, my happiness on God's word, and happiness is just how I feel according to my situation. How many know some people, if it was for their situations, would never be happy? Amen? Can I get an Amen? Some, some people, have, if you, I mean, some people are just, they have a lot of rough things in their lives. And if it wasn't for, for God's word being better than their situation, they would never be happy. One of the happiest people I know is my mom. My mom has no reason to be happy. Do you understand what I'm saying? She has, she has many reasons to be upset, to be mad, to be, to be sad, to be all these things. She's, she's been in and out of the house, and I'm just using my mom because she's close to me, and she's a good example, and we all love mom. Amen? She has lots of reasons not to be happy, but my mom has joy because she doesn't look at her circumstances. She just looks at who God is, and she just loves the Lord. And so she, we can learn from her and many other people that I can be joyful tonight when I can be strong tonight, not based on what my, again, what my bank account looks like, how many Christmas gifts I'm able to give my kids. Let me just give a word to somebody tonight. Do not get caught up on whether or not you have enough gifts for your kids or how Christmas is going to look this year. If you're in this church, get a revelation that the best thing you can give your kids on this Christmas is the joy of the Lord and a happy time together and, and spending time together and being together and being joyful. How many people this Christmas are going to have lots and lots of money, lots and lots of toys, and their house is going to be full of misery? Lots of people. So it's not based on that. Now, it doesn't mean that gifts aren't nice and all those, those, that's all just a bonus. But somebody needs to hear that tonight. Maybe you're watching online. Maybe you're here. But you've been, you haven't been joyful because you've been thinking, man, I can't buy my kids this or I can't do that. That's not what it's about. That's not what it's about. Amen? How many have ever heard tonight that it takes more muscles to smile, or sorry, to frown than it does to smile? Anybody ever heard that? It's like what they all call an old wives' tale. No one really knows if it's true, but listen to this. Scientists have told us that it takes 41 muscles to frown and 17 to smile. 41 muscles to frown. And if you read this, there's lots of different numbers, but most of them do say it takes more muscles for you to frown than to smile. And this particular thing said this leads to two conclusions. One, scientists have way too much free time on their hands. <laughs> Amen. Way too much time to try to figure out how many muscles it takes to frown and smile. The second one they came to the conclusion of is frowning uses more muscles and burns more calories. So some people frown because it's burning calories. Amen. <laughs> Whether or not that's true, this is true. This is scientifically true. Joy is good for your soul. An attitude of joy is good for your soul. Amen. How many want to be strong? I'm going to want to be happy. 
Choose to be joyful. Choose to look at that half cup full. Choose to look at life and see the things that are good and don't focus on the things that are bad. Choose to, to look around you and find the good things that God has given you. And, and, and listen, one of the biggest things you can have every day is the fact that you even wake up. How I many know oh, that's a gift? All the times your heart has beaten today. But listen to this. Scientific evidence suggests, listen close to this. I'm not making this up. That being joyful has major benefits for your health. Major. Not just benefits, but major benefits. Is it possible that some people are sick because they're not joyful? They're stressed. They're mad all the time. They're angry all the time. They're upset all the time. They're letting this world ruin things. They're, 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 they're just uh, concerned and, and they're living fearful thinking every day, uh, especially during this COVID time, that it's going to be me or it's going to be my family. Or How many people spend time during the day thinking about something that could happen that might never and most probably won't ever happen? Talk about wasting your time. But the scientists say that being joyful has major benefits to your health. Then it says, for starters, being joyful promotes a healthy lifestyle. That, that carries over to other things. It may also combat stress. I know it's hard to be joyful and mad at the same time. I want some of you to try to do this with me. Try to frown and smile at the same time. Can anybody do that? You can't do it. You can't frown and smile at the same time. It also says, besides combating stress and giving you a healthy lifestyle, it says it will boost your immune system. Maybe what we need to beat COVID is for people to be more joyful. It boosts your immune system. Amen. But how are we going to be joyful if all the news is negative? If all the news is we're going to die and the world's ending and all this. Listen, church, we're not, the world's not going to end and people are going to die, but they can know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Jesus is on the throne. God is in control. God is bigger than every situation, and he needs his church to be joyful. And I, I'm not even done. It says it protects your heart and reduce pain. This is scientific, what joy does. And then what's more, how many want to live a longer life? Scientists say being joyful will expand your lifestyle. Your life, your, your, uh, sorry, life expectancy. Now let's look at a story for Christmas time tonight in Luke chapter 2 for just a few minutes and, and see where, where joy comes from. Where, where is the source of our joy? Luke chapter 2, we're going to read a few verses here from 1 to 11. And this is a good Christmas story. And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This census took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. Now, this is a follow-up, this part here, to last week's message. I hope that you received that last week. I hope that you got that last week. I hope that that made sense to you last week. Um, I had several people uh, t tell me that they were thankful for that message because a lot of pastors don't preach that message. The importance of the virgin birth. How important it is to, that we had to have Jesus come through a virgin and not our bloodline so that the cross would matter. Okay, and so this is all tied into last week's message when, 
why they went and, and all this happened. So it says, this census took place while Quirinus was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. And Joseph went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem. Because he was of the house of, and the lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed or engaged wife, who was with child. And I went into that last week. If you missed last week's message, go back and look at it. Go, remember, you can watch on Facebook. You can watch on YouTube. You can listen on the podcast. I also want to just say real quick, church, that during this time of the holidays, let's, and I didn't have this plan. It's not in my notes. Let's, let's try to share our YouTube. Let's try to share our Facebook. Let's try to share the podcast. Let's try to get that word out so more people can see uh, what's going on here in our church. And, 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 and you go back and listen to it as well. How many know it's important to go back and listen sometimes to a message again? And, and God will speak to you in a different way. And so it says, so it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her, and this is just a, just a tie-in from last week, her what? Firstborn son, which means she had others, meaning it wasn't her only son. I know that for some people in our church, especially maybe if you're new in the Lord, maybe if you came from some other religion, you're like, I mean, for some people, because in, how many know in some other religions or sometimes the way we're brought up, we, don't, we weren't maybe brought up in a church where we actually looked at the Bible and we were just told things. I'm just saying we, it wasn't me, but maybe you were just told things and you just believed everything. And so for some people to hear that Jesus had brothers and sisters is shocker. Like, like mouth drop. Eyes open. Yes? Like when I heard I was going to be a grandfather. That's what my mouth did. I just... So, so I know some people are in shock, but that was her firstborn son. And wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And I need to keep reading because if I don't, I will start preaching different messages from all this stuff I'm reading right here because I could go so many different directions. Focus. Now, there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. Here we go to the important part of what we're trying to talk about tonight. And they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, verse 10, watch this, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of what? Somebody shout that out. Great joy which will be to all people, for there is born to you this day in the city of David some common man that will just come into this world. Who was born that should give us such great joy? A Savior. How many are thankful tonight and should have all kinds of joy to know that we have a Savior? A Savior. I can't stress this enough that uh, all this vaccine stuff, that's great. People want, we have a vaccine for eternity. We have a vaccine for the spiritual sickness that people have. His name is Jesus. Amen. We should be more excited and more joyful about the spiritual vaccine that is Jesus than any other vaccine. How many know we have that tonight? We, we should be pushing that vaccine on people.
there's hope, there's peace, there's joy for this world, and they need, they need the medicine that we have. But church, we have to have an attitude of joy. We have to, as we joke about a lot and say this a lot, and I don't know where I, why I say this so much, but I like it, that we can't be people that are baptized in lemon juice. Amen. People aren't going to want to be what we have what we have and be what we are if we are not happy. And not just happy, but joyful. Because happy, again, is, is emotions based on what I have or don't have. And you might say tonight, if you could see my situation, there's no reason for me to be happy. And I would say, you know what, you're right. But I can tell you that no matter what your situation is, you can be joyful. Joyful because joy doesn't depend on your circumstances. Has anybody gotten that yet? Amen. Can I move on? Psalm 1611. Let me give you a few more verses. You will show the path of life. Sorry, you will show me the path of life. In, here, here we go, here's the key. In your presence is fullness of joy. So if you want the maximum of joy, what did that verse just tell us to get it from? Being in his presence. Being with God. Revelation, you're not going to get the fullness of joy from anything else but God. Do you do not know people in this world, and maybe you were that person, and maybe you're becoming hopefully less of that person, that you seek and look and try to find happiness in a bottle, in drugs, in relationships, in money, in jobs, in all kinds of different things, but you've never found it till you found Jesus. Because Jesus is the only one that can fill that void in your life. He's the only one that can give you true joy. It's in his presence. And so if I'm in God's presence, that has nothing to do with anything else on this earth. Picture that when you're in the presence of God, you are above your situation. You're above, elevated above your problems. Doesn't mean they don't exist, but they don't affect you because you're in the presence of the Lord. In the presence of God is fullness of joy, and at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Write this down if you're taking notes. No matter what I'm going through, I can be in God's presence. No matter what I'm going through, God's got this. Write that down. God's got this. You know what your situation is. You know what your struggle is. You know what your trial is. You know what your problem is. God's got this. He already won. We already know how the book ends. God is just allowing us to be tested. He's allowing us to get to a place where we can have a resolve in our spirit and things don't affect us. Have you ever looked at somebody and noticed that no matter what they go through, they don't change? That's the joy of the Lord. That's the strength that only God can give. We're looking a lot of times as human beings and in our flesh for something to fulfill our lives that comes from something else that's not God. And we don't do it on purpose, but it's just what, it's our carnal nature. And God is just on his throne saying, why can't you just be satisfied in me? 
I'm, every, I'm everything you need. He says, at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Jesus is enough. We don't need anything else but Jesus. Paul said, I know what it is to have much. I know what it is to have little. He said, but my joy doesn't change. I'm happy. I'm content in, in any situation. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands. I'm not going to ask you if you're there or you're not. Or if you want to be, I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt that you want that. But God wants every single one of his children to live in a way that you are content with whatever you have. There are going to be times in your life when you're going to have much. There's going to be times in your life when you have nothing. There's going to be times in your life when you're in between. But what God is looking for as I said Sunday, is a person who has faith. And faith is not based on what we see or what we have. Faith is based on who he is. Amen. And so if I can have faith in who he is, what I have or don't have does not give me joy. Amen. I can be happy this Christmas no matter what because God's got this. God's got all of it. Everything. Look at the person next to you and tell them God's got everything under control. You don't believe me? Look at God's word. Romans 14, 17. Look what he says. Real simple verse here. Breaks it down, makes it very simple. He says, for the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking. You can put that as the kingdom of God is not what we think it is. The kingdom of God is not about our bank account, our house, our schools, our jobs, this life right here. He says that's not what it's about. He says basically those who live their lives in satisfaction there, they'll find it, but it'll be temporary. Some people are still caught up on the fact that there's a lot of people in this world who are very financially well off or very blessed or very famous or very whatever. They don't know the Lord. I don't know about you. I am not jealous of those people. At all. Not at all. I'm not saying, I'm not saying that I, I, my flesh couldn't want some of the things they have. Flesh, if you're being honest, your flesh would want maybe want. I'm not jealous of them. They're going to die and leave it all here. And go into an eternity without God. So it doesn't matter what's on this earth. He's saying this not, the kingdom of God is not your daily everything. You're eating and you're drinking. He says, but the kingdom of God is righteousness. Look at this, and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. You find somebody who, is, who has got peace and joy, they have everything. True peace. True peace. Not, not peace that comes from a situation. True peace. Peace when... All hell can be breaking loose and things can be going wrong in every situation and one bad thing can happen after a bad, another bad thing and you have a peace that the Bible says passes all understanding. It doesn't bother me, doesn't fade me because I'm not, I'm not looking about my kingdom business is not about what I see in front of me. My kingdom business is who God is. We always talk about how this will be better if this is good. If you keep your vertical, your eyes on God, if you stay in the presence of the Lord, this stuff will take care of itself. 
But what does the devil want? He wants us to look down. He wants us to focus on the daily. He wants us to focus on the bills and the situations and the news and the problems. And God says, I'm, I'm in control of all that. Just keep your eyes on me. Just keep your eyes on me. Amen. So be joyful because tomorrow will be better. How many know that, and you've heard me say this before, it can't rain forever. It can't storm forever. I'm not talking about physical rain. I'm talking about life situations. It's not going to rain forever. It's not going to be tornadoes forever. It's not going to be earthquakes forever. And when you talk about the rain, how many know tomorrow or the next day or someday soon, the sun is going to shine again. Remember Sunday when we were talking about Paul and Silas and it said at the midnight hour, at the worst hour, at the darkest hour, they began to praise God? Because this verse is one you can take and, and, and meditate on and let God really do something powerful in your life. Psalms 35, you've heard me quote it many times. His anger is for but a moment, but his favor is for life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Amen. Joy comes in the morning. Paul and Silas were in their darkest hour, and they were, they, were, they were chained up and beaten, and it was dark, and all that stuff we talked about Sunday, but they knew joy was going to come in the morning. So they knew ahead of time, if we start praising God, watch this, somebody's going to get this. If we start praising God right now, we don't have to wait for the sun to come up to see our victory. If we can start to trust God right now, I don't have to wait till 2021 to get my victory. I don't have to wait for some vaccine. I don't have to wait for someone to become president. I don't have to wait for something to change in my circumstances. I can get a hold of God now, and God can change my situation now, right now, right where I'm at. Amen. Because weeping endures for night, but joy comes in the morning. What's better than joy coming in the morning? Getting the victory in the midnight. Paul and Silas, probably their biggest testimony was, man, God moved in the middle of the night. Amen. We knew he was going to show up, but we helped him show up. Someone's going to get that too. We helped him show up. You can sh help God show up by getting his presence to come around. And the Bible says that he inhabits or he dwells in the praises of his people. He inhabits, he dwells in the praises of his people. Think about it, all this together. He says, you'll show me the path of life in your presence is fullness of joy. And so if I'm, if I, if I'm in his presence... Then, then things will break, things will change, but how do I get his presence to come down? Through praise. And my praise comes not off what I feel, but off of who he is. Someone needs to get a revelation of that. Oh man, praise, was, praise and worship was great tonight. Praise and worship can be great every night. Praise and worship being good is not based on how the drums sounded, the keyboard sounded, the praise team sounded, the sound system sounded. Praise and worship is based on the attitude of joy in the heart of his people that worship him because he's king and Lord and master. When we get that revelation, we'll begin to see miraculous things take place in our lives. We'll praise him in the storm. 
We'll be able to say, I've got the joy of Christmas because Christmas is when God sent his greatest gift, which was him coming down from heaven to become a savior for me so that I could be greater and over and bigger and better than this life I live in. How many are thankful again tonight for the Savior? Amen? How many are thankful tonight that you're sitting in this church and not in a jail cell? How many are thankful you're sitting in this church and not a hospital bed? How many are thankful you're sitting in this church and not already in hell? There's a lot to be thankful for and a lot to be joyful for. Listen to this last verse, Romans 15, 13. Take this home. Man, these right here you can take to the new year. Now may the God of hope, we have a God of hope, fill you with all joy and peace. What do we have to do to have joy and peace? What do we have to do to have joy and peace? Believe. Believe that he's in control. That means get your hands off your situation. Get your hands off the situation and begin to let God do it. When you have your hands on it, this is for somebody, when you have your hands on it, God can't do nothing. But when you, you know what, when, there's another thing about lifting your hands up and saying, God, I surrender, you take over. We've, we've tried too long. We keep running into that wall over and over again. God says, you just lift up your hands like Paul and Silas did. Begin to praise me. I'll break the chains. I'll shake the walls. I'll change the situation. I'll step in and I'll do what only God can do. You keep doing your thing, you're going to get what you can do. So let me come in and take over. He says, now may the God of hope fill you with joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope. Here's the key. By the power of of the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit to help us. We need to pray in the Spirit. We need to pray for the Holy Spirit to fill us up so you can have that prayer language to pray in so that you can get on your knees and pray. And, and when you don't have words, you can begin to pray in the Spirit. And the Spirit begins to, to pray for you, as Romans says. And, and God begins to move as he sees your faith. And you begin to have a resolve and you begin to say, God, I'm not looking at my situation tonight. I'm not looking at what I see. I'm looking at what your word says and who you are. And you are greater than the situation I'm going through right now. And as I express faith, I know your presence is coming down now to my life to give me peace and joy and hope. And that's what God wants to do tonight. As you bow your heads tonight, would you begin to just talk to God? Would you begin to just focus on who God is? Would you begin to thank him tonight for his power and his presence? Would you begin to have an attitude of joy and not an emotion of happiness? Joy comes from the Lord. The joy of the Lord is my strength. That means tonight, church, if you're weak, you need some joy in your life. You go, where do I get my joy from? You get your joy from God, from His presence. Stay with me as your heads are bowed and eyes are closed. If you're looking for joy in things, you're not going to get joy. You're going to get happiness, and happiness is emotion, and happiness is come and go, and happiness is temporary. Joy comes from the Lord. 
God is speaking to your heart tonight and he's saying to some even more specific than others, not that everybody doesn't need this, but to some of you he's speaking tonight and he's saying, I have so much joy I want to fill you with, but you are always dibbling and dabbling and putting your hands on situations and I need you to, to just lift your hands up and surrender. And I'll fill you with peace. And I'll fill you with hope. And the joy that I give you will give you strength. It'll be joy unspeakable and full of glory. It'll be unexpressible. There's an old song that says it's joy that comes from the Lord and the world can't take it away. When your joy comes from salvation in Jesus Christ, there is no situation on this earth that can change your situation. That can change your joy. Because your joy is not based on things on this earth. It's based on who Jesus is and what God did in your life tonight. All over this place, let the Holy Spirit speak to you. Maybe you're watching online or listening here in this service and you've never experienced true joy. The joy of the Lord. Maybe, or if you have, maybe it's been momentary. It's not momentary because God gives it and takes it away. It's momentary because our faith gets off of God. Joy comes from knowing who God is and saying, God, no matter what I see, no matter what I hear, and no matter what I feel, you're still God. And you're worthy to be praised. And you're mighty and you're on the throne. And he is so pleased tonight when he sees faith in the midst of a storm. He says, that's my child in whom I am well pleased. Remember, without faith it is impossible to please God. If you want to please God tonight... Lift up your hands in praise. Lift up your spirit in joy and say, God, my joy does not come from situations or emotions. It comes from what you did on the cross. For me and for being my Savior, because for unto us a child is born. Joy to the world. The King has come. How many in this place could say, Pastor, I've never given Jesus lordship of my life. You're watching online or listening on the podcast and your name is not written in the Lamb's book of life tonight. You're looking for joy in the wrong places. You're looking for joy that cannot, be, cannot fill that void. God is the only one that can do that. Tonight He wants to satisfy you. We talked Sunday about drinking sodas and coffee and tea that taste good but they don't satisfy. God is living water tonight. He wants to fill you with His living water tonight. He wants to show you that He's bigger than your situation. How many said, Pastor, would you remember me tonight? I need to give my life to Jesus. I need to surrender my heart to the Lord. Just lift it up and put it back down all over this place. I see your hand, young lady. God bless you. How many more? God bless you. How many more? I need Jesus tonight all over. I can't see you as you're watching online, but we're going to say a prayer in just a moment. If you're listening on the podcast, we're going to say a sinner's prayer. We want to make sure that you have a chance to accept Jesus tonight because that's why this church exists. We want the world to know Jesus is Savior. Jesus is Lord. Amen. Let's stand all over this place tonight as we stand. Maybe you're backslidden. I can think of people tonight that I know that are running from God. They're 
They've tasted the goodness of God. They're out there doing whatever. They're not coming or they've let situations or circumstances take their eyes off of God. Church, let me tell you something. One of the things I've had to learn as a pastor especially is you cannot live your life or have your joy based off other people's decisions. If a, if a pastor based his joy off of other people's decisions, we would be in, a, in the cuckoo house. Amen. Because people come and go and come and go and come and go and they do great for a while and then they go and they go do bad. If you focus on them, you can lose it. You need to focus on Jesus and you need to have the attitude tonight. If I'm the only one, I'm not stopping praising Jesus. If I'm the only one, I'm going to worship the Lord. For me, as for me in my house, we will serve the Lord. Hey Amen. How many got your decision based on God and you, not somebody else's house? That's how you're going to make it. As for me in my house, I will serve the Lord. So maybe you're backslidden. Maybe you're running. You need to come back tonight. Maybe you're, there's some people in our church, you might, hopefully you're watching. You won't even respond to me on a text when I ask, how you doing? You doing all right? Worried about you. If you can't, that, you, I know you're not doing with God if you can't even respond and say, I'm, at least I'm okay. Or I'm mad at you or I'm mad at God or I'm mad at something. But if you're watching tonight, God loves you and he's calling you back. Come home. Come home while there's time. Amen? So maybe you're backslidden. Maybe you didn't raise your hand, but tonight as we say this prayer, we're going to say a sinner's prayer before we go offline and we take some time at the altar to let God come down and fill us with his joy. How many will make a decision right now for the next few minutes? You're going to leave full of the joy of the Lord tonight. That is your strength. Amen? You've come in weak, and you're going to leave with the joy of the Lord. Amen? That is your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. As you raise your hand, step out quickly to the nearest aisle. Come down here. We want to pray for you real quick. Maybe you didn't raise your hand, but you know you need to come. Come on, step out. Several hands went up quickly all over this place. Just come. You raised your hand. Don't be ashamed. Come on. Don't be ashamed. It's just the next step to say, I'm, I'm a believer in Jesus Christ. I believe on him. Amen. Come on. Somebody help him. Somebody saw that hand go up. I can't come and grab you. Say this with me, Lord Jesus, I believe in you. I believe in the Son of the living God. I believe your plan is perfect. I am a sinner. I need a Savior. I'm lost without you. You're the only one that can fill me with joy. You're the only one that can give me peace. Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sins and the reason you could die on that cross is because you were without sin and the reason you were without sin is because you were born of the Holy Spirit born of a virgin on Christmas Day Jesus my faith is in you and the cross and your resurrection please forgive me for all of my sins, wash me clean and make me a new creation. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. The Bible says the angels are rejoicing in heaven tonight over one sinner who calls on the name of Jesus. Amen. I believe that there's some people here tonight 
that need the joy of the Lord. This is a revelation for you. You have allowed your life to get sucked out energy and strength because you are basing your happiness on things. And God says, I want, I want you to be joyful all the time. All the time. You know that's not hypocritical? I think some people think it's hypocritical. How can you be happy and joyful when this is going on? And that? Because your situation is less than who God is. Amen. And that angry frown and that frustration, and it's not helping you. Get joyful that, that Jesus is on the throne. Tell the devil, you're a loser. You're defeated. You're under my feet. I'm tired of you stealing my joy. I'm tired of you stealing my energy. I'm not going to listen to you. Jesus is greater than you. Why don't you put that energy towards God? Amen. The presence of the Lord is here. As we begin to worship, as we begin to sing, let's find a place. Let's try to stay spread out as we come, but there's plenty of room down.